Hey everybody, welcome to the Cast. I'm your host, Charlie Behrens. This is the podcast where we talk to people for and or from the Midwest and or just anyone I want to talk to. This week, my guest is both for and from the Midwest, though. She's actually from Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Her name is Grace Weber, and she's a Grammy-winning musician. Now, you may know her from her work with Chance the Rapper, but she's got her debut album coming out tomorrow, and I am very, very excited for it. And if you're listening to this on Friday, it comes out today. And if you're listening to this on Saturday, it it came out yesterday. So uh, any other days, you're going to have to do that math on your own. That's sort of where my math skills stop. Charlie, are those math skills? I don't really know. So that interview is coming up in a second. But how's everyone else doing in the meantime? Uh, holy smokes, is it hot out? Jeez Louise, I think it, it it's, you know, it's not the heat, it's the humidity, but I think it's gotten up to 100. Don't quote me on that. I'm not a meteorologist. I'm just a guy who... Uh, sweats a lot when it gets humid but i did a bunch of fishing actually of all the weeks to do a bunch of fishing i picked the hottest one but i went out with Leroy butler on sunday which was awesome he and my dad and uh, my brother joe was our, our shooter then and we went out on lake winnebago we did some fishing we were actually doing a, a video together uh, called charlie and Leroy's catch and don't release fishing and cooking show so the deal is i show him how to fish and then he shows me how to cook and the cooking segment that's coming up uh spoiler alert if you haven't already seen the video we didn't catch any fish but i don't think that i don't think that's my fault lake winnebago is a tough lake to catch fish on these days but then of course after we drop them off we go to this other reef that we weren't fishing and look on the fish finder and there's just a ton of fish over there and it's like oh for gosh sakes pick the wrong reef some of a gun. I actually did some other fishing. I went fly fishing with my buddy Adam Gruel from Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. We were fishing on the, what were we fishing? Oh, we were fishing on the Eau Claire River. I think that's what it's called, the Eau Claire River. We went out with Wisconsin Fly Fishing Company, who I highly recommend. Uh, my buddy Hunter and Gabe, great company. They, they really take care of you. They take you out on these cool rafts. And they're not a sponsor or anything, but I just, I just want to plug them because I, I think they're great. But they take you out on these rafts and they do all the paddling. I felt bad about that. You know, a guy with Catholic guilt cannot be fishing all day when another guy's paddling. So eventually, you know, on our, on our, when we were just around the bend from the parking lot, I kind of took over paddling a little bit. I was also getting sick of fishing so i would be fishing in front right they give the guy who's not as good i learned halfway through the strip they give the guy who's not as good opportunity to go ahead and catch the fish because once you fish a hole once you're fly and i'm new to fly fishing but once you fly fish a hole you can kind of disturb it and the fish get you know a little scared so they'll like leave so you know they want me to catch a big fish so they let me go in front and I was fishing and I was doing a bad job. I don't think I was casting close enough to shore or whatever. I don't know. But then Adam was right behind me and he was just, he was, he was catching monster bass after I had already fished those holes. So anyway, that, that I left my dignity on the river. Let's just put it that way. But I was still able to catch some fish. Uh, I, I caught a real nice bass. We took some videos along the way. We're going to have a vlog up, I think, in the next uh, week or so. So this is kind of fun. So after we got done fishing, and a lot of you know, Adam and I released an album called Unthawed back in the fall but it was kind of during the pandemic so we couldn't really tour with it or anything or really you know find creative ways to get the album out to to folks so we've been we've been talking with quick trip about about carrying the album and folks there's no bigger honor in wisconsin than having the quick trip sell your album who needs the billboard charts when you got the quick trip okay 
So Quick Trip actually is selling our album. If, if you're looking to buy it, uh, that'd, be a, that, that'd be a cool way to support. And uh, we actually, every time Adam and I go into a Quick Trip, we'll, we'll sign a couple of those albums. So, it, you know, and you can actually uh, buy it and then you open it and you're like, oh, wow, they signed it. It's like winning like the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory ticket, except like way worse. And you may have gotten a vandalized album. But anyway, so we went to this Quick Trip after and we thought it would be funny if we did a concert, a live concert at the Quick Trip, but we were like, where should we do the concert? And then uh, we were like, well, what about the beer cooler? And I said that, and Adam said, that is the worst place acoustically to do a show because you've got the the motor going, you know, the the cooler motor. And uh, I was like, but, but Adam, there's beer in there. And he was like, you're right. When you're right, you're right. And so we went and we did a uh, live show, live performance in the Quick Trip Beer Cooler. It was just a blast. We sang Supper Club Shuffle, and then folks were coming in and out. We were talking to them. Uh, some were going fishing. We were asking them what they were catching. One woman was interested in getting some Milwaukee's Best Ice, you know, and we were standing right in front of it. So I, I picked that up and handed it to her. You know, she probably went home and told her husband uh, uh, about a very weird experience at the quick trip. So that's fun. It's fun to be part of that. I'm going to keep her moving here, but I want to just thank all of you who rate the podcast and leave comments. That just helps me so much, you know, just get this thing out there. Cause I guess in the algorithm of everything, they like to see ratings. They like to see podcasts. So thank you. Thank you. I want to read a couple here. So Maggie Lee says, uh, so enjoying the podcast from Texas. Oh, geez, Louise, Texas. Holy smokes. I come by golly and cheese squeeze naturally, but I am less sure about cheese curds. So you're broadening my horizons. Always looking out for deer. Thanks, Maggie. Maggie, thank you. And those cheese curds, I'm telling you, if, if you want the best gosh darn taste in cheese curds, Maggie, I'll tell you this much. You go, you come on up here from Texas, okay? Maybe you land in Milwaukee. You get on 94. Take 94, okay, up and around. Follow the Fond du Lac exit. Get on 45. Take it to 41. Take 41 past Butamore, okay? You're going to pass a couple lakes over the bridge of Butamore, and then you're going to get on 10. Take 10 over, and you're going to link up again with 45. Now, take 45 up a ways, okay, quite a ways, honestly, and it's going to zigzag around and through. You got to keep following them 45 signs until you pass, uh, you know, that one uh, gentleman's club with the big weasel out front, okay? It, it burnt down, but that don't matter. I think they replaced it with something. I don't know. It's it's But whatever. It, it's not Northern Exposure. Don't confuse it with that. But if you go further up from there, about half a mile on the side of the road, there's a farmer who parks there. Actually, it's a little more than half a mile. Honestly, I can't remember. You just keep going till you see that farmer, and he just parks there. He's got a little stand that says fresh curds, and you get them some guns, and boy, do they squeak good. Okay, so that's where you can find your, your your best, freshest cheese curds in Wisconsin right now. Good, Charlie. I can't believe you just took five minutes to do that. Anyway, Maggie, that's where you can find the best cheese curds. Oh, you, she didn't even ask where you could find the best cheese curds. Oh, well... Now you know. Next comment, OMS James 124 says, Charlie, this is for your last guest, Mr. Vang. Uh, he's talking about Yeah Vang. Thank you for sharing your personal stories. It's amazing how many Americans don't know what happened during the Vietnam War, and I was one of them since I'm about your age. Charlie, you're doing wonderful things with the podcast. Keep it up. Oh, geez, Louise, thank you for that. And yeah, a big shout out to Yia Bang for sharing that incredible story of how the Hmong people, how his family uh, arrived in the Midwest 
and all the work that they did for the U.S. during the Vietnam War is just an incredible story. So I really encourage you to listen to that. All right, now is the time where I am going to shut up and let you listen to my conversation with Grace Weber. How are you doing? What you up to? I'm good, you know, living in L.A. now. Um, yeah, where are you at out there? I'm in downtown L.A., Oh, so, yeah. which is you say that cool. with a sigh. You said, <laughs> "I'm in downtown LA." Downtown. Have you ever been to downtown LA? Have you spent oh, any yeah. time? No, I it's, when I, I was I lived out there for a number of years. I was doing news and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, you know downtown. It's so I love it because it reminds me of New York, where I also lived for about ten years. Um, yeah. But it can be I don't know downtown LA can be kind of wild. It's an interesting place but i love it what are you up to uh work-wise well where i'm releasing my debut album on friday that's gotta be exciting yeah very exciting are you more excited or are you are you like is it nerve-wracking i'm actually like really excited like i was nervous really nervous last week and then like this week i kind of crossed over into like okay there's nothing else i can really do like i the album is uploaded. I did my absolute best. Like I love it. Um, and I'm just happy for it to be out in the world. And it's been a journey making the project. We, I started it way back in 2016 it was like the wow. first time that I started this whole process. And then, you know, the first song kind of like took me on this wild journey and now I'm here releasing the whole album. So I feel very like excited and just super ready to just get this out into the world. Let's talk about that first song, because that really did start a crazy journey for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I met um, Nate and Nico, uh, Nate Fox and Nico Siegel from The Social Experiment, actually in the fall of 2015, um, kind of serendipitously, I had been wanting to meet them because I was loved surf and acid rap and everything Chance was doing. And I was always wondering, like, who um, who produces this music. Like, I want to work with these guys. This is incredible. And so I had asked like some friends if they, if anyone knew these guys, anyone knew these people called social experiment and dying trumpet and whatever. And I didn't know anyone who knew them. And then I was in LA on an unrelated trip or whatever. And then a, a buddy of mine texted me and was like, Hey, I'm in the studio with these producers. You should come through. He didn't say who it was. He was just like, sent me the address. And then I showed up and I met Nate and Nico and I was like, oh, my God, I've been wanting to work with you guys, like want to produce my album. And they were like, yes. And then so we started everything in 2016 and kind of like even before we released More Than Friends, um, Chance walked into the studio like the first or second week of working on the album. And he asked if he could use one of my songs as the first song on Coloring Book with him and Kanye. So that kind of just like took everything into this crazy, you know, place of like, whoa, now I'm like on Chance a Rapper's album. And then like, I want a Grammy when Chance won a Grammy and just like all of these cool, crazy things started happening. And then when I released the first, very, very first single off the project, More Than Friends in 2017, that song kind of blew up and John Mayer like randomly posted it and um, ended up getting me signed to Capitol. And that was kind of like the start of a whole other journey. Um, and then I got dropped from Capital like a year later. And now I, so I had to kind of pick up the pieces and figure out how to 
release this project still like like through everything through all the ups and downs like I I felt like this album was my this my baby or like this little like magical gem that I was like protecting from all of the craziness like no matter what like this album is gonna make it through and it's gonna see the light of day and now it is so yay <laughs> and I'm sure that went like when you work on something, I think music's a little different than comedy or at least, you know, the, the stuff I do where it's like, it's kind of putting out something new every week. And it's kind of like, you're like, ah, perfection that can come next week. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's good enough for this week, but music I feel like is so different where you want to, I think you want to work and work until it gets kind of perfect. Is, is that right? Is that the vibe? Is that mentally a little, uh, I don't know, difficult, uh, given that you want it to be that, that level of perfection. Yeah. I mean, I try so hard. I use, I use the word perfect a lot too. Like if the mix is perfect, I'm like, Oh, like this is perfect. This is exactly mm-hmm. like how I wanted it to sound. But I, I try not to use the word perfect because I like, I don't want to get caught up in that cycle of things needing to be perfect. Like I, I want it to feel right, I guess. And I, and like the word that I like to use is balanced, like this feeling of like, okay, this is like, like I'm threading this needle that I'm like, have been envisioning for how I want this album to sound or feel or how I want this song to feel. And I'm not exactly sure like how I'm gonna get that thread through the needle, but I'm gonna do it. And then like once I do that, it just feels like, okay, like this is it now, now it's ready. Um, and so that process can be sort of like crazy because, well, you know, because it's like, you don't you ever really know exactly like when that moment is going to happen where it just like all clicks into place. And it's, and I just, um, I think that with this album specifically, like, I just, I really wanted it to get to that place because I wanted something that really introduced me to, people as like, this is who I am as an artist. And like, this is what I care about. And this is what I sound like. And um, like from here, like who knows where we go, but like, this is my real introduction. Do you find as like a creator that you can kind of get hung up in the um, followers, the success, the, um, is this selling enough? Is this whatever to where that stuff can kind of like kill your joy of just being like most people who see you doing what you're doing, they're like, oh, she made it. But I know as like an artist, sometimes it's it's hard to see that ever. You know, you you almost like never feel like you, you, you've made it or whatever. Is that similar? Do you feel that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like try so hard to not stress about that stuff. And sometimes I can, I'm successful after like lots of meditating and therapy. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, there are days... Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, like, I feel like I can't figure out how to like, um, you know, hit those numbers that I compare myself to people like, like, oh, like are the numbers, you know, determinative of like my value, you know? And I think that it's just like a practice of not letting that be your mindset. And I just keep like, believing like, you know, all I can do is the best that I can do. And like, my focus is on the art. And so like, whatever that means for when or for like how people experience 
the music and like who experiences it and what it means to them. Like there's, I can't control that. And I know that like, like the music is going to find its path, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe when I'm like 90 years old, it'll blow up and then I'll be like the first 90 year old artist to perform in the Grammys. And that was like my destiny. And I won't know until I'm 90, you know, but then it'll all make sense, which is actually what one of my songs is about, about just like knowing that like life can be insane sometimes, but it's all going to make sense once you get to the point. Um, Like, you know, when you look back and realize, Oh, that's why I went on that wild journey. Like, because I needed to learn this or I needed to, experience that so I could write this lyric like it all makes sense once you get to the other side of whatever you're going through yeah it's a beautiful way of thinking of it because if you're in that mindset then you can just allow yourself to be like in this moment and I think a lot of times it's tough I know it's tough for me of being like I gotta get this done and then I'll be able to relax and enjoy this but as soon as I get that done there's something else what do you do because I know you can say that and, and, but I think it's a different thing to feel it. So h- how are you able to like feel that? I'm asking for myself, I guess, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I literally do meditate. Yeah. It helps. Like I actually, I randomly started practicing this like s- certain sect of Buddhism a, mm-hmm. a year ago. And I sometimes will chant like this, like Buddhist phrase, Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. Uh And um, it actually really helps me like stay in the moment and kind of like process um, negative thoughts like out of my system or whatever. Um, And I also just like, I have so much fun doing what I'm doing. Like if you, like, I know you must be having so much fun, like, with everything that you're creating and all the cool stuff that you're doing and and all of the success you're having. And I think like, for me, like no matter what level you're on, like if you're having fun, then like all the other stuff can fade away. Cause you can, I think like, like fun is such an easy thing to focus on, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I think that if you can put your energy towards that, then um, it makes it easy to not think about, the bullshit yeah yeah yeah. i guess <laughs> well two things in there i mean one with the, like the chanting or whatever i'm sure that you know there some people are listening to this being like oh that's that's out there you know but <laughs> yeah. i've looked into some of that stuff myself but like it kind of ties into singing because when you like that has to do with like i think and correct me if i'm wrong because i don't really know but i think it's like inhaling and exhaling it like psychologically kind of calms you and like lowers stress anyway is that kind of true or yeah totally yeah i think like the whole focus on like breathing for meditating and all these things is like that it, it like forces your brain to think about one thing and which and like brings you to like the current moment yeah just like I'm here now. Mm -hmm. Um, And the chanting is definitely something that I never thought that I would do. Like it was really, I was like looking for a massage therapist out in California. And I like found this lady who was in Topanga Canyon and um, who she was great. And I, you know, got a massage or whatever. And then she was like, if you're ever into Buddhism, like here's my card. (laughs) It was just kind of this like moment in my life where I was kind of going through some crazy things. And I was like, you know, I feel like the universe is like leading me to this moment for a reason. And I'm kind of am interested in this. And um, I started going to these like Buddhist 
meeting groups in Topanga Canyon randomly, like every Monday night. And I was like, this is super weird. And then I was like, actually, it's kind of fun and it's working for me. So, yeah. And I think the chanting, like, I'm not the best at like just sitting and meditating. Like, I, my mind goes all over the place. I can't really like focus, but if I'm like chanting, I think because I'm like a singer, it like helps me kind of get into the rhythm of like, of meditating because my brain is something to focus on, I guess. Yeah. Something's fine. I mean, I think uh, transcendental meditation has sort of the same idea to it where you focus on like a phrase or something, and then you keep focusing on that. And then that kind of lowers the, the crazy vibrations in the brain or something. It's a terrible way of explaining it, but I'm sure someone else is better <laughs> at it will get it. But the other thing you said is just focus on the creating and focus on the fun of it. And I think when you're having fun, that's where the creative kind of comes in. Are there things you do to like get into that that mindset? Yeah, I mean, part of it is like just saying to myself, like, this is so cool that I get to do this. Like, yeah. we were making these like, oh, you're getting one, actually. One of these oh, nice. promo well, boxes. Let's see that. Yeah, let's see what those look like. <laughs> They're really cool. They're like, well, I will, I'll leave it as a surprise for what's okay, inside. Okay. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. We won't do the but reveal yet. With my team yesterday and we were putting all these together and it was, and I was just thinking to myself, this is so cool that I have, that like, first of all, that I get to send all these boxes out to like the coolest people in the world. And that like, I have this team of people who are like willing to help me with this and like are actually like believing me enough to like, be you know wanting to to create all this cool stuff with me um and just so just that feeling of like ah I'm so lucky this is so cool like and I think that 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 phrase like will come into my mind in any setting where I'm doing something like that you know it's kind of like when I was a kid like I'm I'm actually doing a lot of like the things that I dreamed of you know and just reminding myself of that is what helps me stay in the moment and, and have fun. Like, even if it's not on, you know, these, like whatever level that I sometimes get caught up in thinking that I need to be on or whatever, it's like, like, even with capital, like being signed, you know, all like past capital records, you know, driving on the freeway or whatever. And I still, I still feel really cool and excited about the fact that I was on a major label. Like, I don't actually feel because I actually was happy that I got dropped because it just wasn't like I, I'm actually doing more independently than I was on the label because I just don't actually think I was like ready to be on a major. But that being said, like I just feel gratitude and joy about the fact that I was on a major because in my mind, I'm like, I never thought that I was going to be signed to like Capitol Records. And that's really fucking cool. And like it was really fun to experience that. And, and I never like thought that I get to see what the whole like inner workings of the label is like and god that's so fun and so I don't know just like staying grateful for all the fun things yeah 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 (laughs) and you brought up you know when you were a kid just dreaming that you get to this point so you know we have a lot of mutual friends why don't you give everybody else sort of your background where you're from and all that sort of stuff so I'm from Milwaukee Wisconsin or Wauwatosa for all of the Wisconsinites out there. Um, and I've been singing forever. Like I always say, I don't even remember when I started singing. Um, but my first like time on stage, I was seven and I sang at my grade school. I went to St. Jude's. Mm -hmm. Um, where did you, where did you, 
What yeah, did you go you to? know, I went to St. Mary's, so uh, I don't know what your uniform looked like, but I had uh, a light blue collared shirt that often had peanut butter stains. On it. So, <laughs> yeah, I had to. Yeah. What your uniform look like? White collared shirts and mm-hmm. white and red with like okay. plaid. Like I yeah. had, we had like plaid involved. <laughs> what, what is it with those Catholic schools <laughs> that they think like a plaid skirt yeah. is... When was that in style? And and have they not updated it since it was in style? I, I don't know anything about fashion. Yeah. Maybe it's in style. I don't know. I know. I don't think so. But I wonder what the, do you think that it's the same uniforms now? Like, I haven't thought about that. I haven't, like, it's been a long, I don't know if I've ever thought to myself, I wonder if the St. Jude uniforms are the same. You know, I wonder on a very regular basis uh, what the St. Mary's uniforms are. I don't I, I doubt they've changed them. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, but again, I'm not an expert, so I shouldn't dive into uh, Catholic grade school fashion right now. But uh, yeah, that is, that is a good thought. Also, like, I feel like I know we're kind of diverting, but I yeah. feel like that would also be like a good, like, business to start. Kind of yeah. like, and like updating the Catholic uniforms and like becoming the new, like go-to for a Catholic uniform. Grace, this could be your thing. This could <laughs> be like, you know, you know how like everyone has their thing and then there's this weird idea and everything will go anywhere. Maybe, you know, music is just like your side gig. Your real hustle is Catholic school uniforms. I'm thinking there's, there's something happening here in this moment. It's like when I, mm-hmm. when the Buddhist lady like gave me the card and I was like, I'm going to follow this. Like, this is feeling like the important. it. Yeah. The it. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad see this and this for all the listeners, this is why you stay in the moment. Every moment. Exactly. We never know when, when, uh, whatever entity you want to call it is just driving you to what you're meant to do, you know, and I'm sure your parents would be so gosh darn happy that Grace <laughs> decided to design school uniforms. Actually, probably yeah. not. You cut. I've heard an interview with you before. Your your mom comes from a very musical family, right? Yeah, yeah. My mom um, comes from a family of ten kids, and my grandpa had every single one of his kids learn an instrument growing up. My grandpa was a piano player and actually accordion player. Um, and so when I was growing up, all my aunts and uncles played, uh, instruments. And so I was always like singing around the piano with my grandpa and my uncles. And it was like part of why music has always felt like family to me. Like, it's just like, a part of what my life was growing up was like singing and, and music, like surrounding me all the time. I like the accordion thing too. Was mm-hmm. did your grandpa play polka around Milwaukee? Yeah, he did. did. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. Where, where do you play uh, in bars? Did he have a band? What was the he deal? played with? Um, I want to say, well, so he played piano well, so he was in um, the Navy okay. in World War II, um, and he that's when he, like, kind of started, like, being a part of bands and things. And so I think that he was, he played accordion for, like, the local Milwaukee uh, veterans thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the, the, the VFW or, or yeah, the, the, the VA. Yeah, the VA, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and then he just played piano for all the cousins for all of our 
you know, recitals and everything. He was just like the guy. And he, he also played organ. He had this really cool organ um, at his house. And he was the best. And my, my grandpa, I was super close with him. And he was definitely like a huge, huge reason why I went into music. And so you, you inspired early on. Did you have an instrument that you liked the most or was it always singing for you? It was always singing. I tried so hard to learn piano and guitar. I I got pretty good. Like I can, I write on piano and guitar, but I can't accompany myself. Um, But for some reason in middle or when I was like in fifth grade, we had to choose an instrument and I chose the flute as like my instrument, which like looking back, it's like, if like, why would I pick something where like, I can't like sing. Although Lizzo, I guess has really shown that like the flute is a good choice. You could be bringing that back. Yeah. Yeah. So I played a little flute and, but I always just came back to singing and I was in, you know, choirs. I grew up in singing in the central city youth gospel choir, which was like a huge, another huge, um, like foundational moment for me. And, uh, then I was in all the musicals in high school and stuff, and then ended up moving out to New York and, and kind of like starting my original music thing once I, once I moved to New York, but I actually randomly, do you know, Richard Marks, do you remember him? Uh, He um, sang, wherever you go, whatever you do, I will be right here waiting for you. Yeah. I met him super randomly when I was a senior in high school and he was like, you have a great voice, like good for you, but you need to, if you want to like define yourself as an artist, like you need to start writing songs. And so like Richard Marks was the person that like inspired me to start writing songs. And I will always give him that credit. (laughs) How did you get linked up with the Central City Youth Choir? Yeah. So I was always really obsessed with gospel music when I was little. Um, I loved the music the movie sister act too. Like I would watch it just like every day. Um, and I, um, really liked Donnie McClurkin and like other, just, I just loved gospel music, but as a kid, like growing up in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, like there weren't a lot of like gospel choirs like around me. And, um, so I didn't really know like how to join a gospel choir, but I knew that I wanted to. And then one day I was on a retreat with my grade school, I was in sixth grade and um, the, my music teacher walked in and was like, hey, so we have like a surprise for you guys. The Central City Youth Gospel Choir of Milwaukee is going to perform for us today or whatever. And the Central City Youth Gospel Choir walked in and they were amazing. And the gospel music was gorgeous and their voices were incredible. And I uh, saw it as this moment, like, oh, my God, this is my chance like to join this choir. Oh, my God, oh my God. So after they we're done singing. I raised my hand and I was like, could I sing for you guys? Like, could I audition for the choir right now? (laughs) And they were like, sure. So I stood up, you know, and sang my heart out. I think I sang amazing grace and they were like, join the choir, join the choir. And so that was like the first, you know, I call it like a flashbulb moment where like, it was like this moment that like changed my life. And I got to sing with the choir for years and just like really um, established what I loved so much about singing and live singing, like singing in church was always so amazing because um, especially in the gospel churches, like the instant feedback that you would get as you're singing, like um, it was like a very like in the moment um, connection with the audience where like 
the audience would be responding um, as I'm singing. And it just made me feel like, okay, like, I feel like there's just like a purpose to my voice. And I'm like connecting with people and, and, and helping people through my singing and things like that. And so it just was like such an amazing experience. Yeah. Uh, a little different from the Catholic churches, you know, uh, that whole yeah. vibe. That's, that's a little more, um, stiff. A little stiffer. Yeah. <laughs> a little more Gregorian chantish, but that's, that's cool. So, and that probably helped develop your voice and, and the foundation of your voice, I would say like at a yeah, early age. Totally. Okay. Well then moving into <laughs> songwriting, what's kind of your process? I, um, it sometimes can like happen different ways, but, um, I, I sometimes, I like describe it as like breadcrumbs. And so like, I'll usually get, so I'll be like listening to a track or I'll be in the studio with musicians and we're building a song or whatever. And like, I'll hear a chord progression and like a line will come to me, like for through the fire. Um, it was like, just started as the melody, like, and it's like something will happen where it's like, um, I'll kind of start hearing words, you know, like, oh, like, da, 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 fi fire, like, oh, what's that? Like, it's like a little breadcrumb that's like, that's interesting. That's like tugging at my um, curiosity or whatever. And so I'll follow like that melody and the, and the words are starting to form. And then it'll lead to, I'll burn my way through the fire. And that is like, oh, that's interesting. I'll burn my way through the fire. Like, what's that about? And that'll take me to the place of like, okay, this song's about resilience. Then I'll think about like the things that I'm going through at the time and that'll help me start crafting the verse. And, and so it's just like this, this journey of like following the things that are like keeping me curious and excited until I sort of find my way to like 90% of the song being done. And then that's kind of when I put like my like intellectual hat on a little bit more and kind of like try to bring the story home or to make sure that all the lyrics are like uh, kind of like, like, like as good as they can be. Like, am I, am I pushing the lyricism enough? Like I kind of just start like crafting it to make it um, as good as I can get it to be. And then I have a song and that's it. That's kind of the process. <laughs> yeah. And sort of that initial inspiration or hit kind of makes sense. Cause right. Don't we have like, I read somewhere, really bad at all my research. I like kind of read it and then go on to something else. But don't we have so many thoughts going on in our head? Like a lot of them are on repeat a lot. So if you like turn on some music and just kind of like let yourself go, just whatever comes out of your mouth is probably pretty good because you probably thought about it a million times already. Yeah. You just don't know it. That's kind of a cool way of doing it. I, I like that. Do you do you sit down at um, a piano and just play some chords and just kind of like or do you have that melody and then play the piano around that melody? Sometimes I'll come up with the melody and a song like in the shower, like as I'm driving and like without any, you know, music involved. And then I'll bring it to the piano or the guitar and figure that out. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times now it's more so like the beat or the chord progression or the music will be the first thing in, in the process. And then I, and I always go into songwriting with like zero expectations and zero like preconceived ideas or whatever. And I really just like let it come to me. Like I just kind of 
let myself be inspired. Like you said, like, just like, I'm able to like get into the zone of like, okay, let's see what happens. Like, um, if we don't write a song, okay, cool. Like if we do amazing, like there's, there's very like low pressure on, on the songwriting process for me, which ends up being the best, um, like environment for creating for me. Mm -hmm. For people out there who enjoy music, they want to be a singer, they want to be an artist. Do you think these days you went to New York, you're in LA now, do you think they have to leave to do that or are they able to, yeah, I'll let you take it from there. You just shook oh, your head. So no, yeah. <laughs> just my reaction is the reaction is like, definitely not. Like you yeah. can, you know, do this from anywhere now. Like there's so many opportunities for people online. Like if the crazy thing about the pandemic is like, I never thought that you could do writing sessions over zoom and things, but like I, I did a few over the, during the pandemic and it was actually like, just like being in the room. And we, I wrote this really cool song with this writer, Ruby Amanfu, who from Nashville, who's like one of my favorite songwriters. She wrote um, that song by her called hard place is like, yeah, I'm caught between your love and a hard place. But, um, and we wrote this dope song that I'm hoping to put out sometime soon. I don't know when, but, um, but also like getting yourself out there, like through the internet, you know, is like the way that you get discovered now. So yeah, I think like you can do it from anywhere. And obviously like LA and New York is cool because like, there's going to probably, you probably have more access to more artists that are, you know, working in those cities, but definitely like you can, you can be an artist anywhere. Yeah, it's it's not like the old school way. I mean, acting the same way it used to be. You got to be in LA. You got to be in LA. And then actually, the pandemic pretty much changed that. Now all auditions are over Zoom, and nobody really wants to go back to the in person auditions. Um, yeah. So it, it's kind of cool. You know, that opens the door for a lot of people. Or it opens up the possibility to say, you know, this we can do. Is there uh, any advice you have for them to kind of like get started? Definitely like follow your bliss and follow like those breadcrumbs of like what gets you excited and what, what is fun and what um, piques your curiosity. Like my art teacher, I was also a painter um, or still I'm a painter, but in high school, my uh, visual art teacher was like one of my greatest mentors. And she said, uh, you know, pay attention to what you pay attention to. And like, that's who you are as an artist, like the things that you notice, like that's what makes you who you are. And so just like keep paying attention to the things that, that light you up and bring you joy. And that's how you're going to find your path. Yeah. 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 Do you have in your notes section, do you have like observations or like songs that you like kind of think of do you have an entire mess of a note section on your phone or when you when inspiration yeah. hits you how do you record it yeah I have like all these notes in my phone and I like write things down and um I sometimes I have like a million voice memos actually I know that I, <laughs> I, like literally like I'm the same way it's I, like yeah I need to go through these actually <laughs> I, I was just thinking that like I, I was building like a, a stand-up set and I was like I'm so screwed I'm so screwed. and then I just start going through my notes and my audio tracks and in like two hours I have my like next tour and it's like how much other stuff have I just forgotten that I put down you know like do you get the, yeah. that too where you forget 
Uh, I have this great fear that like the best thing I've ever created, I wrote like five years ago and it's just mm-hmm. sitting on some phone in a closet, you know? Right. You ever get that? Yeah. I mean, I actually like, I haven't thought about that until this moment. You're welcome <laughs> like, for the anxiety. So thank you yeah, for the fear. No problem. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I actually like really need to look through. Luckily, like I feel like for the most part, I've gotten better like i i put out like such bad things like in the past like i look listen to songs yeah and i'm like oh god like why did i think that was good and so (laughs) for the most part i feel like okay i keep getting better so i don't have to stress until but now that you brought that up like now i'm just gonna you know i couldn't feel the anxiety yeah (laughs) i couldn't just make this a feel-good podcast i had to really bring something weird to the table so uh balance yeah, exactly. It's all about balance. Very, very Buddhist of you to, to bring that up. <laughs> Do you miss the Midwest? Yes, I miss it so much. I love your Bucks hat, by the way. Thank How you. How are they doing in the playoffs? The Bucks are doing okay. We're just going to keep the positive vibes going and I <laughs> uh, hope they pull through. This actually is not, uh, I wear it because of the Bucks, but it's, I found this hat in my grandpa's garage and it's, oh, cool. and I looked it up. And it's Bucks cigarettes from like the early nineties. Are you and serious? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I no one it's else so knows cool. it. Yeah, thanks. You can't find them anymore. I think I found one on Amazon or eBay or something. They were selling for like four dollars. So I thought about maybe getting another because yeah, it's one of my favorite hats. But yeah, it's cigarettes. So I'm basically promoting smoking to all the children out there right now. Oh, that's good. Well, you know. They can't buy them. So I think I'm off the hook. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, discontinued. Yeah. You're promoting like the concept of something from the 90s. Right. But yeah. most people just think, oh, and then the best part, hang on. Fuck the system. Fuck the system on the back. So, you know. Wow. Yeah. It's a profound uh, piece of headwear. Thank you for noticing it. I was wearing it, hoping it would solicit this kind of comment. So thank you. If you ever find more and you ever send out promo boxes mm-hmm. to people, mm-hmm. will you send me one and also put a hat? Mm-hmm. Can that just be like the present? Like if you ever like get me something, mm-hmm. because we're obviously best friends now. We're totally um, besties. Yeah. Could that you know be what? the thing? Because I really want. Yeah. You've inspired me. I'm going to go find this hat on eBay and I'm going to, I just need your address and I will get it to you. It's the okay. least I can do for your time here. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> well, maybe I'll just give it to you when you come back to Wisconsin. Where are you coming back? Yeah. So well, I'm actually coming back in a couple of weeks. I'm uh, performing at this private event on my birthday randomly, June 28th. I think that we're going to be recording at 889. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So, but I'll be home for like two weeks. I'm going to hang with the family, grill out. Going to be there for the 4th of July. That'll be um, sweet. I'm so excited. I, yeah, there's times where I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, I'll move back. I don't know. I think I probably will. Well, my husband and I probably will move back at some point, but he's really happy in LA. And, and so am I, obviously, but, um, but he's from Wisconsin too. He's from Madison. Oh, nice. We actually met at a summer camp in Wisconsin when we were 13. That's Which uh, summer our camp? story. Uh, camp Minicani. Oh yeah. My, my cousins went there. Wait, do I know your yes. husband? Who's your husband? Dane Bjorkland. You might know him. Uh, he. Who's he buddies with? 
Um, Are we doing this on the podcast right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we should like, I'm sure that if we did like the mutual friends thing yeah, with him and you on Instagram, yeah, I'm sure yeah. we, like everyone knows everyone. Like, yeah, I, I know. definitely know. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, folks, excuse the interruption, but I want to give a real quick shout out to our sponsors. First of all, Jolly Good Soda. Jeez Louise, it is the soda that is the pride of Wisconsin from Random Lake, Wisconsin. And right now they got six packs for you at Festival Foods, Woodman's, Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, they got them. And if they don't got them, just go up to the manager and say, hey, where in the hell's my jolly good? Gosh darn it, shoot. Well, say heck or, you know, you want them to, to take you serious now. So you can't be saying hell unless you really mean business. But then again, they says hell in the Bible. So sure, say hell, whatever. Oh, and they also got the diet line if you're into that sort of thing. It's caffeine-free, zero calories, zero carbs, zero sugars. Oh, geez Louise. Check them out at jollygoodsoda.com. Folks, I also want to shout out another Wisconsin company that's Duluth. Trading Company. They're headquartered here in Wisconsin. And I'll tell you what, they got a bunch of real slick clothes, okay? I particularly like their Alaskan hard gear line because I was out fly fishing, like I says in the intro, and it was 90 degrees out, okay? And I kid you not, I wore pants and a long sleeve shirt and I, I was, I mean, it was still hot, okay, but it, it wasn't like any hotter than if I was wearing shorts and a short sleeve shirt. And the reason I wore it is it keeps, you know, the sun off me, but also... I jumped in the drink wearing full-on pants, full-on shirt, and then within like 10 minutes, I was dry after the fact. Maybe 15 minutes, I don't know. I didn't notice it because it was so gosh darn hot, but it's got some technology that makes the water go away quick. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's real good. Check them out real quick once at DuluteTrading.com. So you're coming back. You're going to be there for the 4th and... What are the 4th of July activities that you and your family do? Definitely grilling, brats. Brats, gotta have brats. Have to boil them in beer. Oh, like, okay. Now you're gonna start. You're you're already you're dancing on thin ice right now. Yeah, wait. yeah. Isn't we, that like a thing? No, that, like, of course that is a thing. That is a thing. But every time I've discussed uh, brat techniques on this show or or a different one, I've had some <laughs> messages about the proper really? way to do it. Yeah. So now it's not. I don't think anyone's going to dispute the fact that you boil them in beer first. Okay. Uh, well, some pe- there are some purists out there. Who say only <laughs> only on the grill, but boiled and brought some beer. Do you do onions in the beer? Ooh, you know, I actually don't know because I never actually do it myself. Good it's for like you. My mom okay. is like the brat lady. And oh. actually, like, I don't think we've ever, I think I've only had brats in Wisconsin or oh, yeah, like at, you know, like restaurants in Wisconsin and stuff too. So I don't know. What's, what is your technique? I'm not going to say it because I'm just going to get a bunch of people yelling at me. Honestly, I've done them a bunch of different ways. I, I burn them a lot because uh, I forget about them on the grill, which is mm-hmm. terrible. That's awful. I don't mm-hmm. know why, why I would just admit to it. But yeah, I've done the boiling them. Like, but get a uh, cast iron thing and pour some beer into it and put it on the grill and then let it kind of boil there a little bit with mm-hmm. the grill kind of half on, half off where the handle kind of props the, the grill open. And so okay. it kind of boils it there and then toss them on the grill and keep turning them till they like, you, you just got to keep turning them, you know? Yeah. You can't go wrong if you keep turning them. But if you stick a fork in them, then you're getting all the juices out and that's not good. You want those to like, kind of like 
explode when you bite into it and then burn mm-hmm. the roof of your mouth with mm-hmm. some yeah so mm-hmm. that's that's kind of the vibe right there so I yeah rot. I know that's gonna be the end like of this nine. yeah we just I know it's <laughs> well it's lunch time here I got some in the fridge maybe I'll cook them up that's a good idea what's um, your beer of choice my beer of choice if I'm being a total um well I I have a beer it's called the keeper moving beer Mm. Uh, to keep her moving light lager, ladies and gentlemen, you can get it at the Piggly Wiggly or the Quick Trip. Uh, Wait, really? This is your beer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I've had, actually, for a couple of years, we worked with Ale Asylum out of Madison and they do it. And it's actually kind of cool because Ale Asylum has a bunch of solar panels on their roof. And so it's beer made by the sun. And I'm kind of hippie. So that's kind of fun. But otherwise, cool. I don't know. I, I drink anything. I, I really I, I don't have taste buds. So uh, I'll drink whatever works for me mentally. How about you? What do you like? Um, in the light beer department, it's got to be Miller. Yep. Miller that, Light. Yeah. yeah, you're not I can't not really do the PBRs anymore. Sorry to oh. like, like I was a big PBR fan, but now I just feel like I can't. It's just like, it's, I don't know. I just can't do it anymore. Sorry. It's a little much for you, huh? It just is. It's like, it's too light. I don't know. Oh, but too then, light. Right. I don't know. Like the PPR or I don't know. I don't know why I don't do okay. PPR anymore. I'm yeah. sorry to the world, but Miller is kind of my go-to. And then, um, I also, I like IPAs. I'm like kind of a yeah. IPA girl now, and I'm going to try your beer. I'm excited about yeah, that. It, my beer is a beer tasting beer, so it, it'll taste as advertised. So cool. you can look forward <laughs> to that. Yeah. You go for beers or do you go for other cocktails first? You go right for the beer, huh? Yeah, beer. And it's funny, like when I moved to LA, like everyone out here is more of like a weed smoker and less yeah. of like a beer drinker. But like culturally, I'm like, you know, it's like you hang out, you open a beer, like it's like mm-hmm. water. <laughs> right. And I feel like the like the producers and people I hung hang out with out here are like, are you like okay? Like, are you? <laughs> an alcoholic i'm like well i think everyone from wisconsin is like borderline probably yeah. no rewind but, um, it's like water you know? it's like, yeah. exactly <laughs> um but yeah so i'm definitely beer beer girl through and through but i also you know love wine and mm-hmm. other cocktails mm-hmm. i was curious about this like with the chance uh collab you obviously work with him and then he works with you. Is this like like when two comedians collaborate on a video or something? Or what's the dynamic there? Is there more of a business arrangement behind the scenes? Or is it more of like friend type thing? This was, yeah, just like friend type thing. So, well, and sort of like business-y, but, it, but we did like a swap. So like hmm. when he asked if he could have um, my song for Coloring Book, um, it was basically like, I think like my manager at the time talked to his manager and it was like, well, let's just do a swap. Like you can have the song, you know, and then just give us a feature or whatever. And then, but from there, like for it to actually get like done, like him actually being on the song was really just like a friend thing. Like we were hanging out backstage at a Francis and lights show. And I was like kind of getting ready to wrap up my album. And I was just like, yo, like, could we just get in the studio? tomorrow and like get this done and he said yes and yeah and it was really cool like watching him write and record the verse was like he's such an amazing artist and like 
and such a amazing, just like thinker. He's so creative. And so like getting to watch him actually write and record the verse was amazing. And it was also so cool to see him like care and like really like try to put like a good verse on my song. And and yeah, I'm super grateful to him. He's amazing. Does he come in and sort of think about it on the spot or like let the music, like what what's that writing process like? That's what he, I saw him do for my song. I don't know if he had things like like in his head before the session or whatever, but like, I just, he was, I just kind of watched him like pace back and forth. Yeah. uh, Come up. It seemed like he was coming up with it on the spot, but I don't know. But yeah, I I don't know exactly what his process is, but he hit like the way that he writes. is just like amazing. He's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. I've been for a while. Just great stuff with uh, this kind of like in the businessy type or the social media with a lot of artists kind of blow up on TikTok these days. Do you ever think about like, should I make this to kind of like be a thing that people could replicate or are you totally against that philosophy? So wait, so should I make this as like, should I, oh, sorry. Yeah. I'll I'll reset. Like some people, some artists make songs specifically. So they're like, catered toward TikTok, you know, like a, just the hook or whatever. And, and the goal is to then get that song, you know, uh, shared and go viral, which is not a very fun phrase to come out of my mouth, but uh, <laughs> to go viral and then that be their blip, their hit. And then to, you know, be like, okay, I got this hit. They like this thing. They'll listen to the rest of my stuff. Yeah. I don't, um, like think, okay, I need to write something like for TikTok. It's always like, I, I, I basically just don't ever go into any writing is like, um, you know, I need to write this. So this happens. Like, it's just the, like, no expectations kind of mm-hmm. songwriting process. But I do, I think to myself, like, I need to get better at TikTok and I need to do it and commit to it. Um, and like, I have thought, like, I've tried to like create trends with songs, like, um, but I, it's always kind of like after the fact, like, okay, I have this song, like what is like a TikTok trend that I could try to like make with this song? Um, but yeah, I need, I, the thing it's like, I feel like I'm just so, I'm trying so hard to get better at like marketing and the consistency of like doing all these things on all these social media apps, but it's definitely like the thing that drains me the most. Like, oh. I, I just like, yeah. So, but I feel I'm, I'm going to commit fact, to it. I feel like looking at you over the screen, uh, I, we have a very similar energy as maybe two people who have been trudging through this for, uh, especially you, because you have a, a release coming out. You've got to be just exhausted in general, yes. but okay. <laughs> I feel you. Well, I'll, I'll keep this quick. We'll, we'll wrap in like couple minutes here. I'm, I, w- I want to talk about this because you are tired and you've been doing a lot of this and you have a team and everything, but you're spearheading it. How is this different from like, if you were, you know, still at a major label and do you, mm-hmm. after doing this and, and, and what, what are the benefits? I, I don't know. I, I've got friends in the music business and, and it's similar with comedy. Like I, you don't necessarily need that major label, but on the other end of it, you can just be exhausted because you're doing everything. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you are like at like the come up level, like even if you're on the label, like you kind of still have to do everything 
yourself anyways. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, and the other people that I was with, like when I was signed or whatever, like definitely were surprised to experience that. Like you, like the, like the money is great as far as like the advances you can get and like all of those things, obviously that's like amazing, but the support was not actually like as, as much as I thought it would be like, and it was kind of like a weird thing where, um, like the, it, you would get a lot of like, like saying that you were going to get a lot of support or like yeah. meetings, but then you leave and then there's not a lot of like follow through. And I think like the most, the hardest thing for me being on the labels that you get like held back a lot. Like it's kind mm. of like, um, like all like these box promo boxes that I made, like I have these great relationships with these different brands that have really like come through and helped me on this release. And, and we've done like this, the all so many like cool creative things together. Like I took this hairdo or tequila, like it was one of those things where like I hit them up and was like, yo, like, would you be down to like throw a bottle in these promo boxes? And like, you know, maybe we could do like a release party together. And thereby was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's be creative. Let's like, 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 let's do fun, crazy things. And like, when I was on the label, if I had like presented that to them, like, Hey, I want to do this thing with like this tequila company. And like, they're going to give me these free bottles or whatever. Like it would have been like, no, like we have to go through this process. Like if you're going to work with a brand and like, you know, it needs to, they need to give you like a shit ton of money. Like it can't just be like free alcohol and like them sponsoring a party. Like it's not big enough. And so there was this weird like gap between like where I was and like where capital operated at. And like, they didn't really have that like indie mentality of like, mm-hmm. okay, we have to do all these things to get here. Like, and, and so they didn't really help me come up with like a plan or support me in me trying to do it myself to like get to this place. And so it was, it was kind of just like, let's put out a song and see how it does. And so that's what they did. They put out um, mercy with thick and it didn't um, do as well as they hoped, although there wasn't really like any sort of marketing plan around it. And then it was like, okay, like you're getting dropped now. Like it was, it was just very, it was, it was weird. And honestly, like I'm speaking very freely about it. Cause it's like, whatever, but I don't have any like ill will towards them. And I actually did really love being on the label from the perspective of like, they helped me get to this, like to a new place. But I was surprised that like, it, it definitely, there, there wasn't this vibe of like, okay, let's come up with all of like the crazy cool things that we could do. It was more like you're in this box and like, you actually can't do anything. <laughs> and mm-hmm. like, we're going to just release something and kind of like, and like they wanted to like split my album up into two EPs. And it was just like, well, I can make an EP like if you want to do that. But like, like I, the album's kind of like, like, that's like a creative thing that like it, there's like a reason that these songs like exist together. So there were just like things that were confusing, I guess is the best way that I'll say it. And now that I'm off the label, like, I feel like I can, there's just so many more things that I have access to and more things that I can do as an independent artist on the rise, I guess. Um, Definitely. It's kind of like an agent, like when you don't need them, that's when they want you the most, you know, or that's when they'll work for you, you know, uh, when you can just call and make all this happen. But it's cool to see, how sort of your art and everything like that can translate into not just the music, 
but also, you know, your collabs and like the, even this box you're sending out, it's like a true reflection of you and your relationships, your hustle. So I'm excited yeah. to get it. Yeah. Great. Where can people buy it? You want to give them the down low on that? Yeah. Well, so the album will be out June 11th, um, this Friday, and it's called a beautiful space and it'll be available everywhere. And then we're releasing merch and things. Um, I think on the 22nd is what we're hoping for. Um, and then announcing a tour soon as well. So cool. Yeah. That'd pumped. be great. Are you going to come to Milwaukee when you tour? Mm-hmm. Where are you going to yeah. play? I don't know yet. I think that we, we might do um, the back room at Collectivo. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's a great room. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. So I think, I think we're going to try for that. I was maybe, I'm maybe getting a summer fest slot. Maybe I'm not sure. We're kind of like seeing about that now, but we'll okay. See. Well, yeah. hopefully you do. That would be great to see you there uh, as well. Best of luck with it. And I'm going to look for one of these Buck the System hats uh, to hey. send to you as a thank you for my album box. So Amazing. Cool. Grace, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. This oh, was awesome. You're the best. Oh, I appreciate you. Take care. Okay. Yeah. And that is it for this week's episode of the Cripes Cast. Make sure to follow Grace Weber on Instagram. That's at Grace Weber. And check out her debut album, A Beautiful Space, coming out June 11th. And you can also follow the Cripes Cast. That's at Cripes Cast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I really appreciate all of you for doing that and for leaving the comment and rating the podcast. Cheese Louise. I love you more than cheese. Okay, but I lack the emotional capacity to say so. So I'll just tell you to keep her moving. And while you keep her moving, Watch out for deer. So roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down, just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin, the Badgers say it's the old Wisconsin Jubilee. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot in the walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done. No, you gotta keep her moving. 